Welcome back to Create Space, a podcast that finds joy in the art of storytelling. Now, today is the second part of our Creative Courage series. So last week, we took a deep dive into shame resilience. We talked about what shame is, how harmful and poisonous it can be, particularly to those of us in the creative industry. And then we finished with how we can increase our own shame resilience. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I would encourage you to go back and start there as it will provide a pretty solid foundation for where we are headed today. So today's course of action is to push shame resilience outward. We are going to discuss how we can use our skill of storytelling and our talents to combat the power that shame has and its unyielding grip that it currently has on society. Now, I believe that those of us in the creative industry have a responsibility to approach societal issues, to to face them head on, and to do what we can to help alleviate that pressure. We have a skill set that is specifically tailored to things like perspective taking, compassion, and empathy. And those three things can really help a lot of societal issues, shame being one of them. To me, that concept, that responsibility is really empowering and also convicting, right? It's allowing me to understand that what I'm capable of as a storyteller can really bring about good in my community. And that really is kind of convicting. Now, we've talked a lot about Dr. Brene Brown's uh, work and specifically the book, I Thought It Was Just Me, But It Isn't. So I'm going to share another quote with you from that book. She says, the less we understand shame, the more power it exerts over us. The more we find the courage to talk about it and the compassion to listen, the more our world changes for the better. Now, she goes on after that to add, As is the case with many epidemics, it seems that we are so mired in our own struggle to take care of ourselves and our families that we just don't see the connections that allow us to make sense of it and begin to address it as a large-scale problem. We can't see the enormity of it. We think of shame as a personal problem or a self-esteem issue rather than a serious social problem. So that's the crux of it. We look at shame as a me issue, right? We talked last week about how isolating shame can be, how it can make you feel like you are completely alone and you're the only person experiencing it. And the antidote for isolation is connection. So that's the very, very first step here. The first thing that we can do as creative storytellers, we can intentionally build stories of connection into our work. Talk about the universality of shame and be willing to discuss the more vulnerable aspects of the human condition in an open forum. That alone makes such a big difference. But what does it take to be able to share stories that shed light on shame? Well, it takes courage. You know, we we often think about courage as running into the burning building or taking down a robber or something that is big and fantastical. But what I'm talking about here are small, consistent acts of everyday, ordinary courage. 
Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but in one of the earliest forms of the word courage, it actually meant to speak one's mind by telling all of one's heart. So courage has really always been about vulnerability. And I think we tend to think of those two words, courage and vulnerability, as almost opposites. But the reality is that vulnerability is courage and courage is vulnerability. So that's the first thing, right? Share your stories. Use the courage that you have and accept the responsibility that you have to bring shame to light. That's step one. Now let's talk about the other side of the coin, listening to and fully accepting shame in others. This sounds way easier than it is. The truth of the matter is we don't like how it feels to listen to stories of shame any more than we like telling them. We often kind of bristle when someone tries to share their pain with us. We don't want to hear it. We're so uncomfortable with it that we go into fix it mode. So when I say we don't want to hear it, I don't necessarily mean that if someone starts talking to us about something that they feel shame about, you know, we don't say, uh, no, thank you. Please leave. I don't want to talk to you about this. We don't do that. But almost on this kind of subconscious level, our primitive brain will do whatever we can to take the discomfort away from that conversation. And the way that we tend to do that is going into fix-it mode. So we want to tell the person how to solve their problem so that we can all move on with life. But the beauty of story sharing is the give and take movement between the storyteller and the story listener. So the storyteller gets just as much out of the process as the person who's listening to the story. So it's important when you are the listener, you know, as the, as the creative, we tend to be the storyteller, right? But when we have the opportunity to be a story listener, when we have the opportunity to allow someone to share their story with us, it is so important that we can put ourselves into a headspace of radical acceptance. We want to allow the person who is really being vulnerable and and telling us, honoring us with their story, we want to allow them to feel comfortable to express themselves openly. One way we can do this is to do our absolute best to completely take judgment off the table. Take that need to fix and throw it out the window, right? Try not to one-up the person, try not to interject, but just listen and let the storyteller fully explore and immerse themselves in the experience of openly sharing their story. Because most of the time, they are not sharing their story because they want you to do something. What I would love for us to kind of get into our head is that the gift that we give someone is listening and sitting with them in their pain or sitting with them in their shame right? That is the gift. The process, the experience is the gift. The gift is not fixing. The gift is not making the shame go away. The gift is not doing anything specific to remove the discomfort or make the person feel better. The gift is the experience. So this whole approach of listening that I'm talking about is deeply rooted in compassion. 
in Dr. Brene Brown's book, which I've quoted a lot, but it's really good. So that's why I keep bringing it up. She says, compassion is not a virtue. It's a commitment. It's not something that we have or we don't have. It's something that we choose to practice. Can we be with someone who is in shame and open ourselves up enough to listen to their story and their pain? So that's what we're talking about, right? That's, that's the experience, the, the gift of, of listening. So we've talked a little, bit, a little bit about the responsibility of sharing stories of vulnerability uh, courageously. We've talked about the approach to giving the gift of listening to someone, allowing them the opportunity to story share as a practice of compassion. Now, the last thing we're going to dig into is talking about how we can combat shame in our community in terms of our role in creating shame. Now, this part gets to be a little bit touchy, but it's really, really important. We really need to become aware of our own impact in terms of taking an inventory of the times that we have shamed others. Now, I like to think that I've never shamed anyone, right? That I'm perfect and I help other people to not feel shame. And, you know, sure, I've shamed myself, but like I've never put that on anyone else, either intentionally or unintentionally. But guys, that's not true. It's not true for me. And I guarantee it's not true for for you, right? Or for other people. Um, we just talked last week about how it's a very natural instinct in humans to put other people down in order to feel better about ourselves. And I will be the first to tell you that I have done that. I have done that with people that I don't know very well, um, just, you know, in life. And more than that, I've done that with people I care a lot about, right? Um, again, intentionally or unintentionally. I have shamed my husband. I have shamed my children. I have shamed my parents. We all do it because it is this natural instinct. So why is that? Where does that come from? Well, when we're feeling shame and thus the fear of disconnection, there is another emotion or another action that is always close behind. And that action is blame. So a big part of feeling shame is having a feeling of powerlessness, right? So when we feel powerless, we will do whatever we can to regain our power. And oftentimes we feel like blame can help us regain our power because it shifts that shame, right? It takes it off of ourselves and it puts it somewhere else. So at least temporarily, it relieves the pressure. It relieves the pressure of shame in ourselves because we're taking it off and we're saying, you know what? This isn't me. This is you. So that's why we do it. Now, as we talk about this kind of touchy part of the subject, I would encourage you not to shame yourself <laughs> about your role in creating shame in others, right? That's that's a, a spiral. We're spiraling when we do that. So you want to be aware and recognize it and say, you know what? I do play a role in shaming others sometimes. And that's not healthy. And I need to become aware of that. And I need to work on that. What we're not going to say is, I'm an awful person. I'm a terrible friend. I'm a bad wife. I'm a bad you know, parent. I'm a bad whatever because I've shamed people before. No, we all have. So the awareness piece is important. And then being really intentional about noticing when we're doing that to other people. So 
when, as I mentioned, when we blame, what are we doing? We're trying to regain our power. But there are two distinct varieties of power. Power over and then true power. So let's talk about power over. Power over is limited. Power over is finite. In order to get more power over something, you have to take it from someone else. So when we talk about power struggles, this is what we're talking about. When we're in shame, a lot of times we feel overwhelmed, we feel confused, and we feel scared. And our primitive mind just wants to keep us safe. It wants to remove the discomfort and it wants to get us our power back. So because of that, we may not even be conscious of what exactly we're feeling or why. All we know is that we want out, right? We don't want to feel the way that we do, and we're going to do whatever it takes to change the feeling. So without even realizing it, we start blaming other people. We begin transferring that shame to other people because we can't contain it with, within ourselves. And the blame starts to come out because we are trying to exert power over other people. Okay? So to begin to work on this instinct and to change it and to, to be more intentional and conscious about how we're reacting to shame, we need to focus on gaining true power. So let me explain the difference. True power is not finite. True power is everywhere. There is plenty to go around, okay? So true power is the ability to change something if you want to change it. It's not about taking from others, but rather true power is about creating and building with others. Creating and building with others does not involve placing blame. Creating and building with others focuses on compassion and empathy and connection. So that's what all of this comes back to. All three of those steps that we talked about, about sharing your story, listening, and then taking an inventory of your role in blaming other people and creating shame in your own community. All of those pieces come together to build community, connect with others, and create together. It's about making that commitment to share your stories of vulnerability openly and with courage. Making a commitment to listen and fully accept the stories of others. And finally, make a commitment to become more aware when blame is sneaking into your consciousness. And when it does sneak in, and believe me, it will, do what you can to seek true power instead of power over. Now, again, if you've heard anything over the past two weeks that is interesting to you or that you would like to learn more about or if you would like to kind of continue on this road of learning more about shame resilience, please do yourself a favor and read the book, I Thought It Was Just Me But It Isn't by Dr. Brene Brown. Also, check out the self-compassion teachings from Dr. Kristen Neff. And I would also suggest that you learn a little bit more about dialectical behavior therapy or DBT. Again, it was developed by Marsha Linehan. You can do your own research on it, but what I would really suggest is to um, take a dialectical behavior therapy course with a licensed therapist. So therapists get a licensure in DBT therapy and they can conduct a course. So there are one-on-one uh, courses. They usually take about six months. The one-on-one courses do anyways. I'm not for sure on the group courses if they're the same amount of time or if they're a little bit longer. Um, but the full dialectical behavior therapy process for a one-on-one takes about six months. Um, and again, they do have group DBT therapy as well. So I would suggest 
looking into something like that if if you're really serious about about some of the things that we've discussed on these last two episodes of the podcast. The thing is that so much work has been done in this area, and we've explored a lot of the work. Um, and again, some powerhouse women have really invested in this area of knowledge. But there's still a lot of space for continued development. And personally, I feel a really intense calling of responsibility in this arena of shame resilience. And I welcome all of you to join me in building more courage and acceptance within yourselves and also within your community. So thank you for joining me for this kind of two-part series about creative courage and, uh, and shame resilience. And thank you for listening and taking a part in this conversation. I'd love to hear what you thought about it. I'd love to hear if you have any um, additional bits of knowledge or if you have any questions or comments, um, please feel free to leave me a comment. Either you you can review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, you can send me an email, you can send me a DM or tag me on Instagram, you can send a voice memo to the show via our SpeakPipe page, which is linked in the show notes. Um, I would really just love to kind of hear hear what your thoughts have been about the types of things that we've been discussing over the past couple of weeks. So thank you again for listening. And of course, I will see you back here same time, same day next week on Create Space. Create Space.